This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year again. How long can I keep saying it? How many weeks can I say Happy New Year? Like if I'm here in October and I'm still saying Happy New Year, is that weird? It gets weird at some point. I'm at the store. I'm doing those the shopping. See, the real shopping happens after Christmas. I just bought a TV. I got a Nintendo Switch. Yes, I'm living in modern times again. Not just playing my NES, SNES classic. Anyways, I'm buying all the stuff. And I'm still saying Happy New Year. So Happy New Year to everybody. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Shane. This is called Lead Singer Syndrome. I speak to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And today we have an excellent show. I speak to not one, but two front men of a band with a lot of front men. Hollywood Undead, ladies and gentlemen. This is a band, this is a rap band, this is a rock band. This is not easy to define, which I love because I said this from the beginning. I don't care what genre of music you play. I've said it a million times. I grew up on punk rock. That's my shit. Late 90s punk rock. That's that's what I love. That's what got me into this. However, that's not what the show is necessarily about. And sure, we'll have guests, some of my favorites, like Fat Mike from No Effects, Joey Cape of Lagwagon, Dennis from 88 Fingers Louie. However, I love hearing bands from all walks of life, all different genres, and all different environments. How often... Do you hear about a band that has literally five lead singers in the band? Very, very unique. They're all writing lyrics. They're all coming up with ideas. And you want to talk about lead singer syndrome as a thing? You got to figure that some of the members of Hollywood Undead must have it. So I had to talk to them. 
I want to thank Danny for hitting me up about this and having him and the J-Dog, Jarrell, on the podcast today. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you again for being here with me on this lovely Wednesday morning. I am back on tour with my band Silverstein tonight. We are in Quebec City. Beautiful. Well, not this time of year. It's it's cold and rainy and snowy and not my favorite, but I love Quebec City. Beautiful, beautiful place. Then we're heading south doing a bunch of shows in the U.S. before jumping back up and going all across Canada, finishing the tour in Las Vegas. So, hey, check it out. SilversteinMusic.com, WhenBrokenIsEasilyFixed.com for tickets. Yeah, and we got it all up there. So come see us play our first album in its entirety, celebrating 15 years, along with some great bands. We got Hawthorne Heights. We got As Cities Burn. We got a great band called Capstan. Shout out to Anthony from Capstan. I have a funny feeling he might be a guest of this show pretty soon. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. Again, the link for the tickets, WhenBrokenIsEasilyFixed.com. If you want to get in touch, if you want to send me an email, I do read all my email, believe it or not. I try to get back to everybody, but it is a challenge, especially it has been for the last couple of weeks with the holidays. But hit me up. It's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Follow me on social media at Shane Told. Follow the show at leadsingersyndrome or at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N, on Twitter. And what else? Facebook, that's still a thing. Shout out to Julia. Shout out to Neil for running that for me. Head over there. We got some great stuff. And of course, I got to tell you about the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, just like I do every week, because it's awesome. We got so many new members over the holidays. This is, it's popping off over there. I think we're up to 300 members. It's an amazing community of like minded individuals that like this show. You're going to make friends if you join this thing. We have meetups. We call them center meetups. We do them all over the country, all over the world, actually. It's awesome. And of course, it only costs as little as $6 a month. It gets you all that, and it gets you a whole bunch of bonus content. We've done so many great bonus episodes with members of Miss May I, August Burns Red, Beartooth. Of course, I speak to all you know production friends, people in the music industry from different labels, People that tour with bands, really it is just all over the place in the best possible way. And you know, sometimes it's nice not to talk to lead singers over and over and over again. So there's all that bonus content. I do a Q&A every month, not to mention the swag that you get in the mail. I just sent out some pretty cool two-year t-shirts. That's right, two years we've been doing this club. An amazing, amazing thing. Shout out to all the OG sinners that have been supporting it for two years. So if you want to join, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And like I said, just $6 a month gets you in and uh, it's a lot of fun and you will enjoy it. So uh, yeah, you know, hey, just sign up and cancel anytime, whatever. Just just check it out. All I ask, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Anyway, my sinners, thank you so much for listening to this show. Happy New Year to you. If you like the show, please tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's keep this thing spreading. I know I've been doing this show for nearly three years. Over three years? Over three years. But that doesn't mean there aren't people out there that haven't heard about it. So, yes, tell an aunt, tell an uncle, tell a cousin, whatever you got to do. Let's keep this spreading. If you really like the show, 
feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. But 2019 is the year of the hate line. So if you're not so happy, hey, give me a call. Leave me a message as aggressive as you want. The phone number is 657-666-HATE. Leave me a message of hate. Really give it to me. And if you like it, hey, that's fine. Email me or something, whatever, write a review. But if you don't, I want to hear you on the hate line. So hit me up on there, 657-666-H-A-T-E. Anyways, here's my conversation with Danny and J-Dog of Hollywood Undead. I'd rather burn out than fade away, living day to day. I was born an outcast, but who were they to say? What I do is wrong, and I keep moving Hello? on. You might Danny, what's up, man? Words, hey, what's going on, dude? Hey, not too much. Do we have Jarrell? Uh, yeah. Oh, sick. Um, do you want to go in my truck or something? All right. He's just grabbing his, uh... Water and then we're gonna. No go worries, man. No worries, dude. How's your day going, man? It's going good, man. Um, just uh, I was at home and then a real good friend of mine hit me up and he was he had some free time. We've both been real busy, so he wanted to hang and I brought him to the studio. You know, sweet. And so uh, we just finished tracking drums. Oh, so sick, we're, sick. we were just yeah we were just um, checking everything out. Second. Sorry, just a second. Yeah, Grab was... Hold on, we're getting inside the truck. Fucking whipping in the foreign. <laughs> Damn, this is a lot of truck. Big ass truck, bro. So much truck. How's that sound? Is that all right? Yeah, I can hear you great. Right on, dude. So you finished recording drums. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, we had uh, Luke Holland came in. Yeah. And smashed on the skins Sick. and uh, s- it came out really cool it definitely brought it to life you know yeah awesome no i saw that on instagram i think it was matt good uh who's a you know friend of the show former guest of the show your producer of your new album i saw him post a picture with luke and i was like oh that's amazing um there's always a fear though right when you bring in a guy like that who's known for like being flashy like was there a fear he's gonna overplay or was that what you wanted him to do the overplaying that he did actually fit perfect because nice. obviously that dude's so talented. So he was doing shit that I feel like a lot of other drummers wouldn't think of to do. So it adds a lot of uh, flavor to the song. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Like I was kind of worried, like to what you just said, Shane, how yeah. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't worried that he was going to be a little too flashy, but I thought there was going to be times where some of the stuff he was doing was just going to be a waste. Cause we're probably just going to keep the beat more straightforward or yeah. whatever. But uh, but the stuff that he did do was so tasty. It's just like, oh yeah, that's definitely that definitely made this part of the song better, and that's gonna stay. And it didn't even like get in the way of anything. It just like you know just brought the song to another level. Yeah, I told him and Matt, I was like, if this shit's too wild, I'm beating the shit out of both you nerds. So they got it <laughs> just right. 
So so how does it work? Did you send him like demos of stuff that like I guess was just programmed drums and you're like, yo, like, can you add some flavor to this? What do you think of this? Like how much creative, you know, input did you give him? Or was he like or were you guys like literally starting from scratch on tunes? No, the map was there. I mean, yeah. all the drums are MIDI. I mean, yeah. a lot of the drums are passable as real as it was because it sounded so real. But totally, you know, so he had a map and he just embellished on it. But um, he definitely added a lot. Nice, like you, someone like that. Like you just can't duplicate that shit with a fucking keyboard or anything like that. Like no, that dude's on a whole other level. So it's like he, he could play the same beat that you already programmed, and uh, you thought it sounded good before, and he really brought it to life. Absolutely, man. So, recording a new record right now with Matt Good. Why the choice to go with a producer like that? I mean, where you're at with your career, the records you've made, not to say Matt is unproven, and he's my friend, he's made amazing sounding records recently, but you'd think you guys could go with some like huge name producer that's done, you know, huge mainstream stuff. What was the decision there? Most mainstream producers, they have a. They have all their engineers, like, doing their shit anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and they have yeah. more, like, you know, I don't mean to talk shit on anybody, but they have more, like, flops and successes. It's just not showcased. And we've <laughs> gone in with big dudes before, wasted a ton of money. Yeah. And nothing came out of it. We ended up scrapping stuff and wasting a shit ton of money and time and scrapping four to five songs. It took us a month to do. You know, half our last album was produced by us inside the band, so we know how to do this ourselves. And yeah. Matt is just on a whole nother level and he knows every genre of music. So that's why it's answer totally. the question. Why I went with him. He can do rock metal, hip hop. He literally can do everything. A lot of these guys are one trick ponies yeah. and they're very good at that one, that one trick. Matt literally can do everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, just some of the stuff that he's done in the past, we heard it. And, and also, uh, just knowing Matt personally over the years, he's a good friend of the band. And so we just knew that it would be like a cool, easy, organic thing where we're not trying to like get to know the producer or you know what i mean like yep, the first yep. day it felt the first day working we were like all like already flying like we we started working so quick with them we were getting a song done in like a day like every day from scratch starting a song get a riff start working on it beef it out and then just finish a song by the like before dinner and shit we Great. were flying yeah, that's. I guess that's my next question. Is is really how does it work with your band in terms of a writing process? Because you got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You know, you you have a lot of lead yeah. singers. There, there isn't like yeah. a band and then a guy that kind of puts vocals over something. Or you know, everybody sort of is there. So, do you guys typically? Does everyone have? A say in everything like is everyone there all the time is it like a few people working on a couple tracks while other people are are doing other things like like how does that work because your band is very very unique yeah it's it's always a process and and this process on this album that we're working on we uh we were all there every day and we would just start whoever had an idea would start you know start the idea then we would just thresh it out and get the skeleton there and then we kind of collectively just all start throwing in ideas and we all we always kind of know where the song's going and who's probably going to be on it you know what i mean okay just yeah, by yeah like we can already tell like okay yeah this is going to be like a, a johnny three and j-dog song 
or this is like more of a hip hop track, it's probably going to be Charlie Scene and Funny Man because it's more of a, a party type track or whatever. Right, but, right. So yeah, it's always a weird process, but it kind of does work itself out by the end. And um, but to answer your question, I guess collectively everybody has uh, ideas, and we usually just all start bringing them to the table when it's time to to get a record going and uh and then by the end of it we'll have like a shit ton of songs and we'll just try to pick the best to round out a nice record yeah must be so tough i mean i guess everybody's got to check their fucking ego at the door when you walk in right like i just imagine you all have to think of what's going to be best for the song best for the album you know if if someone like does anyone ever get bent out of shape if they're not going to be on a track and then what happens when you pick a single are people fighting for their own songs you know like how does that work because that that dynamic is probably doesn't get talked about a lot but it's a real thing yeah that 100 percent happens and like you know we never tried to hide that it's like you know when before we used to literally almost get in physical fights and have to be broken up when we're picking the record because everyone feels like what they did you know is unique and special to them because you know it's their song personal personal yeah yeah and you know normally it's a huge problem dealing with all this shit this is the first time that we let a producer kind of like take the reins and be like all right like what do you think's best and steer us in a direction like normally like because we're producers ourselves and yeah Normally we do a lot and we fight a lot. And like, this is the first time that Matt good was able to like actually get all of us on the same page, which is fucking crazy to me. So that's another reason this has been the smoothest record we've ever done. Like hmm. literally we're probably done in three weeks. It used to take us two years. Like just cause I think Matt is that fast and that good at getting us on the same page awesome. and writing. It's like, that's, yeah. I've never seen this before. Well, the producer, the choice of producer means even more to you guys, which is, which is crazy too. Just even just managing personalities, you know, that's uh, that's something that the role of pers- of a producer, you know, doesn't always get talked about. So that's super, super, super eye opening stuff. Wow. Yeah, I mean, people uh, don't realize as producer, you're kind of like a therapist slash guidance <laughs> yeah. counselor. It's your job to make sure everyone's happy, along with make the music. If you're not like uh, honing in on people's emotions while you're making the record, you're not doing your job as a producer. It's not just like, oh, I made this beat and I'm going to record the guitar. I'm a producer. It's like, no, your job is to manage the whole situation, which is very hard to do, especially yeah. with our band, because we don't have egos per se. I mean, there's obviously there's some to some degree, but we're just like we're all so different from each other. And all of us have like strong personalities that we really do butt heads. And he, this was the first time that like this was smooth. Absolutely. Yeah, it was smooth. Well, some of it might come with just being older, you know, more experienced, being a little more comfortable in your own skin. You know, it's it's a lot different than, you know, you were 10 years ago when you making a record and you didn't know, you know, you, you know, didn't know what you're doing. So there's got to be some well, comfort there, 18, too. Dude. I just bought my first pack of smokes. I'm young as shit. <laughs> J-Dog just turned 18 the other day and I just purchased condoms for the first time. So I don't oh, know what you're talking about. Damn, dude. No, you got to steal the condom so you don't have to go through the embarrassment at buying it at the drugstore. No, if you use a condom, it doesn't count. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, well, shit. We, right, right when we turned to funny and, and a little unserious, I want to talk about your turn in the band to more serious, dark subject matter with your new EP, Psalms, which came out earlier this year. Uh, is, is that a conscious decision to take it that direction 
Uh, is that something that we're going to see a lot of on this record, or are we still going to have the party tracks, you know, the uh, aggressive <laughs> songs in nature, or are you guys uh, taking a more of a serious turn? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say serious. This is the most rock record I say we've ever had. You know, it's like as we're maturing, I mean, I did just turn 18, but as we're maturing, it's like <laughs> we're... um. We're just, you know, it's like you, things change, the world changes. I would say this is going to be our heaviest record to date. It's like, the funny thing is, we still party our faces off, but it like doesn't mean we want to talk about it twenty four seven. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think with uh, with Psalms, with, yeah, with, with Psalms, it was just like some songs that we had, and we definitely didn't want them to just, you know, a lot of times we'll write a record, and there's all these great songs that don't see the light of day. And we just had a few that was that we really liked, and we wanted to give the fans something uh, extra. Yeah. And so we threw that threw that out there, and and it seemed to be well liked by a lot of the fans, and so that that was cool. And I'm glad I you know gave them something to listen to while we're getting this new record together. Absolutely, and I think that that's you know we don't need to talk about the music industry and the climate. You know, I find that conversation is a little bit boring at this point. But it is, you know, true that you got to keep things out there because the shelf life of records, of singles and everything, it seems like they come and go so fast. You know uh, what I mean? So yeah. so that is a nice thing to do, you know, to keep something out there that's fresh. Yeah, that, I guess that's just the way it is these days yeah. with with a lot of a lot of people they seem to be I guess fickle or whatever the word is where they kind of just want, you know, somebody could be like really hot and then their yesterday's news in yeah. a couple months because somebody else came out with a a new record you know but uh somehow some way we've been really lucky with our fans and we have a really great uh fan base and we're really fortunate and really blessed to have yeah that. we killed it in streams uh, this is i saw that record. man that was a massive number <laughs> on that spotify and we didn't even release a record. We had an EP, but it was like wasn't there was no promotion behind it. You know, we just kind of dropped it out of nowhere. So yeah, we're the shit basically. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I like this dynamic. <laughs> I love that I'm able to talk to two people because usually these are these are kind of one on one. But I really like this too because I'm talking. You know, J Dog, original member of the band. Uh, so I don't want to call you like the band leader, but you know, in some ways, I think you kind of are. You know, with with the way that you you know you're a guitar player and bass player and all that stuff, um, and then yeah. Danny, who is you know obviously not a new member of the band, but not the original clean vocalist. So I like this vibe because I can ask you guys questions and get different perspectives on kind of what it was like. You know, um, yeah, a I mean, bit of heaven, a little bit of hell. <laughs> what's that? Well, like I said, we're all, we're all, we had a little bit of heaven, a little bit of hell. We're all so different from each other. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely interesting to have like more than one of us. You know, I know yeah. you're into threesomes. I looked you, I looked you up on the internet. So oh, yeah, yeah, why no, you're into this. There's plenty of yeah. videos, videos, audio. Even if you just want audio, I don't know why you'd want that, but when it's available. Whenever, dude, let's do it right now. Yeah, we could we could start. It could get real fucking weird if we wanted it to. I could turn on some music, light some candles. So. uh <laughs> yeah, dude, this record, this record is is the easiest record. I don't know how the fuck it happened, but three weeks ago we started from scratch, and yeah. here we are. I think fourteen songs deep, and it's insane. And we're we're editing drums, and uh, 
fucking crazy, man. That it's, is, it's, yeah. it's, it's my favorite record that we've ever done, but like by far. How how and do I, you? I, I know. Like, okay, go on, go on, go on. People, I know people always say that, but I truly feel that. So it's just a good feeling. Yeah, I think this one will catch people by surprise for sure. It is heavier than normal, so I really think people will be like, "Holy shit!" Like you know, all the Hollywood Dead fans that are like. Oh, I miss the old Hollywood Undead. I really think they're going to get that flavor that they've been missing. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want—I want to ask you the question I was going to ask you, but but since we're on this subject, you know, I'm kind of like, like it's kind of crazy to think you can write 14 songs in all this time because I would say the lyrics are the most important part of Hollywood Undead. How do you write lyrics so fast? Do you guys have? Are you guys constantly like writing, you know, do you guys have like kind of your notebooks where you're writing down ideas like all the time and now it's like, okay, I got these kind of rhymes or these verses or whatever and I'm going to put them to a beat or is it like, no, 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 we're writing them all now in the last three weeks, like just everything is coming out? Um, We generally don't write uh, previously. We always write on the spot. It's one of those things, you know, like... We're just artists like anybody. I'm sure you know this, like anybody that's in a band or an artist, like your head is constantly full of shit and swimming with thoughts and, yeah. you know, not always good ones. So it's like hmm. when you're like that, it's not hard to write because you just there's always shit swimming around in your head. You just have to like sit there and hone it in. So I think all of us are like that. And, you know, a lot of people are like that. And then, you know, a lot of people write in their notebooks, but like I've, I've never done that. I've never been like a poetry kind of guy. Like we just all write yeah. on the spot. Yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 impressive, man, for sure. Because for me, I sit on a fucking couch in front of my TV, and I'm like lucky if yeah. I go through if I get like a, you know a, a verse in a night. Like I'm really really slow at writing, you know. And like well, you guys I mean, just churn it out. I mean, I guess that's your specialty. So, well, we're with Sam too. I mean, some verses have taken me like a week. Is sometimes you just get that writer's block, but um. You know, everyone's different. You might write slower, but write better. It's like, you yeah, know, as yeah. each artist has their own little style of, of thing, you know? Absolutely. And in your band, who's like, who comes up the fa- with the fastest? Who's the slow one? Or does it all vary? You know, somebody just asked me that the other day when we were, uh, J-Dog and Johnny Three were writing some lyrics. And uh, you could he- they both have headphones on at like this this like meeting table at our management's office, this big long table. And you could hear him kind of whispering like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as they're writing their, their verses. But, uh, I, I don't know. It just, Johnny definitely writes the fastest, but yeah. he read a lot growing up. Uh, he's very literate. I was too busy getting pussy to put, pick up a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so he's definitely the fastest writer. Yeah. Johnny's fast. And he writes like more than even needed. And then he puts it all together and makes it one. He's super fast, but yeah, he's always got his nose in a book. He's yeah. Well, Hey, whatever works, I guess. Right. Yeah, he's a smart ass dude. Buff nerd, <laughs> six three nerd. There you go, man. So, so I wanted to ask you a question before, and we got a little sidetracked. But you know, Danny, for you coming into this band, I know it's been a long time now, but for some reason, some of your fans can't seem to let it go. Um, it must have been difficult for you coming into a band that already had so much success. Uh, you're coming from a different band that had a minor amount of success. You know, you know, coming into this band filling those shoes um, and then having so much success out of the gate. What was that feeling like? And also for J-Dog too, was there a fear there that, that Danny wasn't the right guy? Uh, you know, I can ask you this now. I wouldn't have asked this, you this, you know, seven or eight years ago. 
but, but tell me, talk to me about the dynamic from both of your perspectives when uh, when Danny came into this. Um, from my perspective, this is J Dog, but um, you know, obviously there's a fear. You're like, fuck, man, this is cool. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm traveling the world. <clears throat> we weren't getting paid at the time, but I was just <laughs> living, you know, what I thought was my best life, and I thought that um, you know, you get scared. I'm like, fuck, is this not gonna work? But the second we met Daniel, I just heard him sing, and the first day we hung out, I was like, this dude's cool as fuck. Like, it's one of those things where you just felt like you'd known the guy forever and just yeah. got along with him right off the bat. So, like, the fear instantly went away. And we were shit-faced every day. So, <laughs> so like, it kind of blended everything nicely. Yeah, so you kind of, like, numb your pain, so you don't even know and, what's going on. And honestly, the way that Jay just said that right now, just flip that, but from my new guy in the, in the fish-out-of-water perspective, it was the same shit for me. Like Good. I just, you know, I knew some of them from just like playing shows throughout the years in Southern California. Yeah. And, uh, but we weren't like real tight, nothing like that. But when I came out to fill in, cause at first that's what the plan was, was just, I'm just filling in, helping out, letting, helping them finish out a tour that they're already, uh, agreed to finish. And, um, you know, just within a couple of days we were all having fun and, everybody was just busting each other's balls, having a lot of fun together. We just knew something was special there. You, you know what I mean? When you can't, you just kind of can tell like, all right, everybody's dope and we all get along. And I was, I really fell in love with all the dudes real quick and we all just hit it off, man. So it, it, it wasn't, it was, there was never any weird, like uh fuck, like this isn't working out and they're having band meetings about maybe we need a different guy. It yeah. Just flowed. It really flowed smoothly. So, yeah, but uh, and I wasn't ever too worried, I guess, because I was just having fun, man. I, I went from playing, you know, four hundred capacity rooms to fucking four thousand. Yeah. So it was just like uh, it was just a lot of fun for me. Yeah, well, was it funny? Go ahead. First night he showed up, a little behind the scenes. We're like, dude, you drink? He's like, nah, not really. It was like two in the afternoon. We're like, you want a beer? It's like, yeah. And he grabbed it and just guzzled it in like two seconds and then grabbed another one. We're like, whoa, I thought you didn't drink. It's like, you know, on occasion. So he fit right in and he wore like these baggy pants or, you know, to us, they were normal because all of us wore baggy pants and he wore like baggier pants. And then he confessed later. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't wear pants like you guys do <laughs> or pants that actually fit. I, 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 I wear girl jeans. No, I bought those baggy pants to like kind of get my stage gear ready because right. I wasn't sure what how how they dressed and shit. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. There's never a talk about that. Like like I know like image is important to certain bands, but for the most part, any bands I've been around, like no one really discusses that. Like it's just you just wear what you wear, you know? I assume you guys are the same. I mean oh well maybe not with you, you guys are have masks and shit, so maybe that's a little different. You know, we don't really wear the masks as much as people probably think just because the probably the image of the band reflects that so much but yeah. uh we've, we've actually been considering just dropping the whole thing because we feel like sometimes it maybe scares people away more than it attracts we did it in the beginning just to kind of set our our image apart from most bands that you see in every magazine or whatever or on the internet yeah I, I i think from my perspective which is relatively an outsider perspective and I, you know i've known you guys a long time we toured together in the uk was it you know, right when the first record was dropping. And I always thought like the masks made it gimmicky and, and it lumped you in with other mask bands that you don't really have any, uh, like you're not aligned with yeah. at all. 
Yeah, it's always been a problem. We just have we have this conversation like constantly, you know, like once a month. Like, did that ever help us? Did it ever yeah. hold us back? You know, people see photos they're like, oh, I don't like metal. They do or not metal. Or like, oh, I don't like fucking Slipknot. Slipknot. I don't like yeah. this or whatever they thought we were. The people listen to us are like, you guys are a lot better than I thought. I was like, what did you think? And they're like, I just, I don't know. I didn't know what I thought. I just didn't think you guys would be good. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I get it. If I saw like one. Oh, they rap and they wear masks. I'd be like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. Well, Silverstein, we did dress up like you guys for Halloween once. And if you didn't have masks, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So you have that one. No at least. Shit. There you go. You guys did? Yeah. Like, in, I think it was like 2009 we did. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. funny. Do you, uh, do you guys saw that, like, hunky-ass drummer? Hunky-ass drummer? Uh, he, yeah, I'd say he's probably the least hunky uh <laughs> A uh, guy I know, but he's a sweet dude. Yeah, that's what I meant. But sweet, sweet means hunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, we get the same, more or less the same guys. I think we have only one member change. But uh, but no, man, I like I loved you guys back then. Like, uh, you know, you guys were really sweet and, and you guys were kind of new. I don't think you'd done much touring yet. And it was funny because I meshed with all of you guys except for Deuce. I didn't talk to him once. I only ever saw him on stage. And I kind of felt like that might be uh, not going to work out. So yeah, there's there's my insight. Yeah, He was a real Deuce bag, you know what I mean? Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Zing. I think he's in jail right now. Yeah, I think he is. A friend of ours sent like a picture of his... Uh his like jail picture he looks bugged out <laughs> oh my goodness damn well maybe he needs some tighter pants i don't know yeah dude that's why i stopped wearing baggy pants because i was getting pulled over too much <laughs> well with, with you danny too like coming into this band i mean loring drive was was very different musically uh did you have any experience with this like what was it like from your perspective being like okay i'm kind of joining this rap rock project is this is this like was it were you ever concerned it wasn't gonna be right for you yeah i wasn't sure how everything was gonna go obviously you know just coming from like a straightforward rock band into this type of thing but i've always really found it challenging and a lot of fun to try to adapt and i've always been able to adapt musically to anything you know yeah. i used to do like songwriting for pop artists and shit like that and i, I like doing that it's for me it's a lot of fun so and, and it just went smoothly and and uh together all of us always write cool shit so yeah i guess it, it wasn't it wasn't too hard it, there was never any like difficult time where i'm pounding my head against the wall like how is this gonna work i come from this emo band <laughs> Well, hey, yeah. one of those things. Sorry, go ahead. emo. You know is people used to like try and talk shit to us and be like, "You guys are like that's emo rap, that's emo rap." People would always say like, "Oh fuck, all dead, they're emo rap." Now emo rap is the fastest growing genre in the world, statistically speaking. Right. You know, like you no know, XXX and like Lil Peep. That's all yeah. considered emo rap. Yeah. You know, uh, we just uh, collaborated with a dude called uh, Kill Station. A lot of these dudes are Hollywood Undead fans, you know, like, oh, fuck, man, I like, I totally was inspired by you guys to start making music. Totally. So it's funny that so many people would call us emo rap, now everyone's, like, embracing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's crazy. Now Back you wish you were emo rap, right? <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Now, I, now I support those claims. 
Yeah, no, it's funny. But I mean, you guys do have a background in, in punk rock. I mean, at least some of you. I know you guys all come kind of come from different sort of backgrounds musically, which is what I think makes, you know, makes you guys work. Um, but, you know, coming from that, especially you, Danny, you know, there's a certain level of of uh, social consciousness that goes into punk rock. But then with rap, you know, there isn't really like it. You, people get away with saying things in rap songs that they couldn't get away with saying in punk songs or whatever, hardcore song, whatever you want to call it. Is there something that is that something you guys have to wrestle with? Because people are going to hate on you guys for saying something that they'd have no problem if a rapper said, because that's like a different genre of music, even though they're saying essentially the same thing. Yeah, we don't say things like too ignorant because like it's just we don't. That's not us. We don't like it. Yeah, it's like we're like, oh, it just sounds silly. Like if a rapper said that, that'd be cool, but that's just not us. But you know, dude, we don't kind of mix them in the songs together. You know, one song's you know, geared towards more like something political or being consciously aware of something. And some songs are talking about just getting messed up and partying, but that's the way like most people are. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, you know, people put everything into a box. Like you guys can't talk about partying on one song and then like being politically aware on another one. I'm like, why? Like I follow politics and then I go get, what is wrong with that? Everybody does that. You know, why can't I talk about it? You know? So that's what I don't understand is, it upsets people, but they do the same thing. They just don't talk about it. So that's what blows my mind. No, totally, totally. I mean, you know, one thing that, like, I noticed about you guys really early on, you know, your first track you dropped, Undead, you know, your use of the the F word, you know, the homophobic slur in that first verse of the record, I'm like, oh, damn, like, this is, this is aggressive. You know, and that's like a very polarizing word or I mean a word that a lot of people are going to be upset that you use and I know in your last oh, yeah. you know a little while you haven't been saying that but I wonder if, if you have any like take on on that or that word or or your you know your responsibility as like people looking up to you as role models you know I, like I don't know what your take is there or if if it's you know it's not about that yeah but it's one of those things where you know, you're being chastised for something that the way you grew up and your culture, because I'm not agreeing with that word whatsoever, but yeah. you know, as a kid growing up in the nineties, that's how everybody talks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it didn't mean anything towards gay people. I yeah. grew up in Hollywood and I was in West Hollywood constantly. My whole apartment building is full of gay dudes. And you know, I got along with them just fine. It's like, I know a lot of gay people around more than any of these people judging me did. So I'm like, I've come from like living or in a gay community and you're telling me what I can and can't say about gay people. Cause like, they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing to say, but it's like, it wasn't meant that way. And I'm sorry that like people get offended, but yeah, like, I think lyrically I was talking about, it was talking about the like industry people in that lyric, but yeah, anyways, that, that damn word has cursed us for years. Now we don't get monster energy for free. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, well, you know what the thing is, though, and and, and like, you know, I, I I'm trying, you know, I'm I'm agreeing with you guys, and I'm not at the same time. But the the thing is, is like, it's changed in ten years. Like, you know, ten years ago, I'm not saying like you could throw it around, but it definitely wasn't frowned upon like it has in the last decade. It's that 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 use the use of that word has really changed. Yeah, totally. But rappers still use it constantly. Yeah, Eminem. You know, it's in tons of Eminem songs, even, and that's doesn't get any bigger than that. 
Yeah, and like Odd Future, there's like a younger generation. They got a lesbian in the group, and like they use the F word, and like it's just like I feel like we got the brunt of it more than most people did, and I don't know because we're not like. You know, I don't know, cultural rappers, I guess. Like, if well, you're a rapper, oh, yeah. you're just a rapper. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's exactly that's exactly what I this whole conversation started with was me saying because you guys came from this punk rock scene, because you guys are a rock band and you're playing rock festivals in Germany and shit like that. It's not okay for you to say that, but a rapper, it's okay, you know. So that I'm just, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's it's a, I don't know. There's there's no answer. I don't have have the solution here or anything. It's just a conversation that. I think is, you know, sort of important to bring up, you know, and I mean, yeah. it, it must be difficult for you guys sometimes to know what you can and can't say, you, you know, it, it, it just in general. Yeah. yeah. Well, in today's world, everyone's obviously overly sensitive and mm-hmm. you just kind of got to like take it with a grain of salt. I personally don't give a shit what people think about me. And that's just the rule I try to live by because yeah. someone's always going to hate you somewhere. So yeah. it's like, you just kind of have to do what you do as long as like, you know, I, I don't use that word anymore because I don't think, I think it does send the wrong message out. When you're a kid, you don't realize that. So, but, you know, it's like, I'm not going to apologize for something I did 10 years ago and at the time, you know, like, wasn't wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's just my opinion on the matter. You know, I got my Misfits sweater at H&M for nine ninety nine. I'm, I'm as punk as they come. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And more. I... And I bet you ha- you'll have no problem naming three uh, Misfits albums too. No problem. Okay. Dude, I don't know. I can't even name three members. Every time I see them, I'm wasted. <laughs> but uh, I was gonna on on uh, speaking of features, we were talking about that a second ago. I think I heard somebody say that. But we've got a bunch of really cool people on this new album. Oh, that, nice! Yeah. That hop on the, our emo guys. We got the the king of emo. We got Benji Madden, Sick. Charlotte. Yeah. And um, we got Kellen Quinn. Nice. He hopped on. And then uh, Kill Station. Yeah, Kill Station. He's like a younger rapper, dude. He's really cool. His name's uh, Nolan. That's awesome. No, I know I know you guys work with the Madden Brothers, uh, you know, on like the, is it, is it the label side or the management side or both? Uh, def- no, our uh, label's BMG. Uh, they're just management side. I gotta jump off, Shane. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I got high, high times this year. We're about to do some uh, stuff with high times. I've been a cannabis cultivator for a while now, so I gotta get this thing going with them. Well, you gotta come up and visit yeah. me in Canada, man. We, yeah, dude. Are you in Toronto area? Uh, I, I'm actually over in Windsor now, right by Detroit, so right by the border. Nice. Okay. Well, hey, come to Detroit. We're playing with Cypress Hill in uh, March, I believe, March twenty third. Yeah, something. I see that, man. I'm going to. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely be there. I'm not on tour, so. I'll come hang. Yeah, dude, hit, hit me Blaze, up, brother. Though? Do you even Blaze, brother? I'm sorry? Do you even Blaze? Of course. It's my right as a Canadian. Let's Blaze. All right. Let's get weird. Nah, I'm a lightweight. When we'll I get smoke, weird. I'm, we'll do have a threesome. It's going to be great. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, Shane. Hey, dude, uh, it was great talking and, and keep it up, and I'm super stoked for your podcast, man. It's fucking awesome. Hey, th- thanks so much. Um yeah, man, I uh, uh, appreciate you guys taking the time. All right, thank you. Yeah, man, take care, brother. All right, do. take care. So there is my conversation with J-Dog and Danny of Hollywood Undead. Thank you so much to those guys for joining us, taking time out of their studio time. Also, 
their high times interview. That's pretty sweet. And just their transparency and honesty that came through uh, in this interview. I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely didn't quite get to everything, but I did want to mention that they are doing a tour with the legendary Cypress Hill, a co-headline tour, which I believe starts in February. So check that out. I'll be at the Detroit show. Next week, we will be back again with an all-new episode of the show. Make sure you're subscribed. And of course, if you want to get in touch, hit me up, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Now, it is time to play some Hollywood Undead. Ah, geez, I don't know which song to play. I'm going to go with Day of the Dead. Check it out on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next time. Hold on, Holy Ghost. Go on, hold me close. Better run, here we come. It's the Day of the Dead. Sorrow Cause it's hell